0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Today is Sunday, January 8th. Amanda Borchel-Dan here with our legal reporter, Jeremy Sharon, and military correspondent, Emmanuel Fabian. Hello to you both.
1: Hi, good morning. Hi, Amanda.
0: Great to see you. We were left with a real cliffhanger in the Supreme Court on Thursday regarding the suitability of appointing Ari Aridari as minister. We'll hear also about Justice Minister Yariv Levine's big judicial reforms. Manny is here and will explain Defense Minister Yoav Gallant's first moves and how Hezbollah has been asked to prevent Hamas terror attacks. But first, a short break.
2: The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges?
0: and we're back Manny let's start with you in a semi counterintuitive story at least in my reading there was a report out of the Beirut Observer on Saturday that Lebanese security officials are urging Hezbollah to prevent a Lebanon based Hamas cell from carrying out an attack against Israel what is going on here is this uh, a case of the enemy of my enemy
1: so this is a uh, really is a case of the enemy of my enemy so uh in recent years there have been all these reports that Hamas the the Gaza-based uh Palestinian terror group has established a sort of a cell or a branch in uh Lebanon there are many um Palestinians living in Lebanon um living in i think around 12 refugee camps uh a lot of them around the Tyre area so there's this re- this report came out saying that uh Lebanese security officials are concerned and worried that this part of this Hezbollah a cell is planning to carry out an attack against Israel uh, from southern Lebanon. Now, the Lebanese um, authorities and the Lebanese army don't really control southern Lebanon. That is Hezbollah's territory mostly. So uh, through an, a media outlet, official Lebanon uh, is warning Hezbollah, which controls southern Lebanon, uh, to prevent Hamas or this Hamas cell from carrying out an attack and it, it listed a names of around four of these members and uh, has been urging it basically to prevent uh, an attack and it said that if this Hamas cell was to carry out an attack against Israel uh, it would um, quote-unquote add a tragedy to another tragedy to the list of tragedies in the country. Uh, Lebanon is dealing with uh, quite a significant financial crisis and there was the explosion at the Beirut port a few years ago so it's not in a great state, and uh, a potential escalation with Israel would not be a very favourable for, for for Lebanon. So that's why it is warning. Israel obviously has said it would uh, respond, you know, if anyone was to attack uh, from the border, and we've seen in the past, um, in the last few years, rocket fire from. Uh, Lebanon at Israel uh, and several of the times I would say even most of the time it has been blamed on uh, quote-unquote Palestinian factions in Lebanon rather than uh, Hezbollah themselves um, and the thought is that um, Hezbollah with its kind of control over southern Lebanon would at least have to approve such actions against Israel uh, or any attacks because of its tight control in the area so the warning is basically we know of this; uh, these Hamas plans to carry an attack and you control the area. So it's your responsibility to, to stop them.
0: So interesting. Okay, Jeremy, let's dive into your very active beat. On Wednesday, the new Justice Minister Levine finally officially unveiled the government's plans for judicial reforms. So give us some bullet points.
3: These are four very important uh, changes which the current government wants to uh, enact to Israel's legal and judicial system. Uh, The first and the most uh, controversial is what would be a High Court override, whereby if the High Court of Justice struck down a a law passed by the Knesset saying it was uh, in contravention of Israel's basic laws, then the Knesset could re-legislate such a law with just 61 MKs meaning any coalition could basically uh, re-legislate any law which the High Court said was not commensurate with with the basic laws. And it would also make it very much harder for the High Court to strike down those basic laws in the first place. The second change is to change the composition of the Judicial Selection Committee. So it would effectively give the government control over that committee and make it much easier for the government to decide what judges are going to be on the different uh, courts, including the the Supreme Court, and and people have said that's a very political step. The third change is to counsel the court's ability to rule on what is called reasonableness, which is a standard of review used by many different courts in different countries to determine whether something is lawful within the term, outside often of of specific uh, legislation or regulations, but If something goes beyond the bounds of what might be considered lawful or uh, reasonable for an institution, uh, for a government agency or a ministerial department. And finally, the the final part of the reform package is to change the status of legal advisors to government ministries and government bodies from uh, professional appointees to political appointees, with the point being that the political appointee will be much more likely to adhere to what the minister wants to do instead of pointing out any possible legal problems with, with any. Given policy or, or regulation,
0: what has been the response by the Israeli public? I understand there was a big demonstration last night. Do you know what kind of numbers came out?
3: It was around about ten thousand, I think, and and obviously that that's not it's not a bad number to get to just uh, after a couple of days and the. Protest was very vociferous. Uh, there was a lot of very harsh language and harsh rhetoric at the at, at the at the protest. But uh, you know, I, I think you have to look at the other side of the aisle as well. And the, the people who are happy with this didn't come out because obviously they're not they're not going to protest. And we must remember that Israel is very politically divided, uh, polarized still, even though the current government has a majority. It, the, the vote was largely 50-50, but 50% of those people are happy with the, the government's plans or presumably happy with the government's plans to enact these reforms to the judicial system because they connected with the coalition party's message of restoring what they say is governability, allowing the government and, and in charge who was elected to enact their policies and buying into that message that the high court is a, is, a, is an obstacle to that through its intervention, which is actually less than people uh, imagine. But but nevertheless, that was the message from the right-wing parties for a lot of the last uh, election campaign, that they have to do these reforms in order to allow the government to to take charge and and enact its policies.
0: Okay, we'll go to a short break, and then we'll talk about perhaps one of the High Court's first tests. I got married this Monday in the middle of a war. You are not a soldier anymore. You are
2: 50 years old. What is the matter with you? It's like a couple of kilometers from here. Like, my friend has a 4x4. Let's just go cut across the fields and go get him. Israel Stories, wartime
3: diaries. Voices that try to capture slivers of life right now. And he told me, take with you a sleeping bag in a tent (laughs) and just go. I texted him, like, after I was told that he was killed.
0: From their eyes, I was a traitor.
3: Everybody needs their, like, blankie, their teddy bear, something to make them feel safe. I'm just another grandfather looking after his grandchild while his son is off at war.
2: These children of Hamas now will be the killer of
3: my children. I desperately wanted to talk about sex during my eulogy for Ido.
1: Everyone has to choose to be optimistic because we don't have room for pessimism.
2: Check out Israel's story wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And we're back. So, Jeremy, on Thursday, there was an amazing six-hour-long hearing for a petition against Shas Head Arya appointment as Interior and Health Minister. I would say it was historic. And Israeli radio was broadcasting parts of the six-hour hearing live, and it was really actually fascinating listening. So before we get into the main arguments, let's just spoil the ending or the non-ending. The court hasn't yet reached a decision. When do you imagine that they will?
3: I think it's likely that they will issue a decision in the next couple of weeks, I suppose. It's possible sometimes the court issues a decision without giving the reasoning, because the reasoning can go into dozens of pages. And this is a specially complicated issue for the court to deal with. So I don't imagine it will take too long. It might take another week, another two weeks. But I think we'll probably see a decision uh, relatively quickly.
0: Okay, so just outline for us the main arguments right here.
3: Okay, so just to take you back in, uh, to the past of Shass leader, Aryeh Derry, he's been in politics for a long time, so much so that he was already an in- interior minister back in the 90s. And during that time, he was convicted on bribery charges in, in 1999 and eventually served just under two years in jail. Uh, fast forward a couple of decades, and it, just last year in February, he was convicted on two counts of tax fraud. This time, he actually entered into a plea bargain with the Jerusalem Magistrates Court. And the plea bargain actually is a bit opaque in that he agreed to quit the Knesset and and said said in court, he he intimated that he was stepping back from public life in general. He said, I won't serve the public from the Knesset anymore. And so the Jerusalem Magistrates Court agreed to a plea bargain with a a slightly more lenient conviction, which was just a suspended prison sentence as opposed to, you know, an actual custodial prison sentence. Shortly after that, he, he received that plea bargain he then said that he would be running as the head of the Shah's party in the any future elections, which happened uh, just recently in November. And after that elections, his camp won. And lo and behold, he's been appointed uh, as a health minister and interior minister once again by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. So in order to do that, uh, there was legislation which was required to be passed by the Knesset in order to work around what the government and Derry saw as a likely avenue which, which would block him from being appointed. Because since he quit the Knesset before the Jerusalem Magistrates Court made its ruling, it didn't rule on what's on what's called the designation of moral turpitude. If you're convicted of a crime and you have a designation of moral turpitude, that automatically stops you from or serving as a Knesset, an MK or being appointed as a minister uh, for, for a seven-year period. So that would completely, you know, nix Derry's any ambitions of being a minister again. But he quit the Knesset and, and agreed to this plea bargain in order that the court wouldn't rule on that. So now, fast forward until this coalition has been uh, made, in order to get him appointed, the coalition had to change a basic law which says that someone who's had a prison sentence can't be appointed uh, as a minister. So they changed this basic law to say specifically that means a custodial prison sentence and not a suspended prison sentence like Derry received. Uh, And so now that he's been appointed we saw several ngos file uh, petitions to the high court of justice say or, and and claiming that he should his appointment should be invalidated on two grounds. Number one, that the legislation passed to allow him to become uh, a minister again is um, what's called the misuse of constituent power. The Knesset was abusing its ability to amend Israel's basic laws, that they shouldn't be amended. The claim is they sh- these basic laws shouldn't be amended in a short-term uh, manner with, with a narrow focus on one on, on a personal political issue of one man. And the second, the second uh, part of the petition says that his appointment, since he's been now convicted twice uh, and, and is, hasn't even finished the 12-month suspended sentence he received in February 2022, that appointment is unreasonable. And, and that is based on, on, on what's known as a standard of reasonableness, which is um, an aspect of law within, the com- within, within, within common law, which, uh, as we discussed before, says that th- there, are some, there are some decisions which, even though they might not be illegal, they go beyond the bounds of what is reasonable for a government agency or or, or, or ministerial authority so that was the, that's the grounds of the petitions uh, against him and we that's we heard those arguments play out in the court on on Thursday as you said in a, in what was a very dramatic hearing. Uh, the court was a, a very large panel of 11 high court justices. Um, and as you said, it was six hours of pleading from the different government lawyers uh, representing Derry, representing Netanyahu, who is one of the primary re- um, respondents to the petition because uh, he's the one who's appointed Derry. And uh, the lawyers representing the NGOs demanding that the appointment be cancelled.
0: Okay, Derry, thank you for that. Actually, it cleared up a lot of uh, my confusion. Now, Manny, turning back to you, yesterday on the day that many Christians mark as Epiphany or the visit of the three wise men to baby Jesus, three Fatah officials came to visit Karim Yunus in the northern Israel town of Arara. First of all, can you tell us who is Yunus and why does he deserve such an entourage?
1: So, uh, Karim Yunus um, was the longest-serving uh, Israeli uh, prisoner on terror charges. Uh, he served 40 years in jail until he was released on Thursday. He and his cousin, Maher Yunus, uh, had been uh, charged with murdering a soldier in 1980. Um, the pair were were sentenced to life, but in um, 2012, their uh, sentences were commuted to 40 years. So um, Karim was released on Thursday, and his cousin is set to be released in a few weeks. Um, and since their release, uh, there have been all these celebrations being held. Uh, at his home um, in uh, northern Israel, close to Arara, it's uh, in the Haifa area, and on Saturday, um, this entourage of senior Palestinian Authority officials, uh, Mahmoud Al-Alul, Azam al ahmad and Rari Fatouh, visited Yunus, and there was pictures on Palestinian media and of them greeting him and sitting down to eat, and there was a whole... A whole big thing but uh, once is- israeli officials uh caught eye of what was going on uh defense minister gallant ordered to revoke their entry permits to israel and so senior palestinian officials have um they're given valid permits to enter israel for all sorts of uh reasons diplomatic reasons uh and uh gallant ordered to uh revoke these permits and they will no longer be allowed to enter israel and well until they reinstate them which is probably expected at some point. Uh, so Gallant ordered the uh the coordinator of government activities in the territories, Koga, as a defense ministry unit, uh to revoke their uh, permits and he made this decision uh following a an assessment he held with the Shinbet uh, security agency and uh, other uh, security officials.
0: And as a, a new kind of ministerial role within the Ministry of Defence, I noted that uh Smotrich gave a tweet of support.
1: Correct. So Smotrich hailed um Gallant for making the uh right and necessary decision he said on his uh On Twitter Uh, and interestingly Smotrich's role in the defense ministry as his secondary role in in addition to being finance minister uh, is being sort of in charge of Kogat Uh, I think the coalition agreements allow him to appoint the generals in charge uh, and it's not it's not quite clear to what extent his sort of uh, authority is there but at least for now it seems that Gallant is calling the shots here and he's the one instructing them to actually uh, revoke a permit so there was some um worry i believe that smotrich would be the one in charge of the actual palestinian affairs uh including permits but it, it seems uh that gallant is and just to add um i believe the knesset's legal advisor said last month that even if smotrich was to instruct Koget to do something then uh, gallant would be able to overrule it because he is the more senior minister in the defense ministry
0: okay manny Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Amanda.
0: Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein, and to Gili Amar for this this out-of-this-world music. You can find us daily wherever you find your podcasts. And on our mothership, timesofisrael.com. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. And be sure to check out our weekly feature, Times Will Tell. Released every Friday. Until next time. Shalom.